Thanks for joining us for season five of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Brand Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy, and I'd like to introduce my partner, my brother from another mother, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Uh, thanks for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And I got to tell you, Jimmy, I cannot believe season five. I mean, this is like we could go longer than Seinfeld, maybe longer than like The Sopranos. Am I right? <laughs> uh, we could, but uh, I don't think we'll make as much money. But uh, but we could. Well, we could I guarantee you, no. Well, listen, everybody, thank you for listening. Call me Shatsy, uh, a.k.a. The Restaurant Guy. Um, together, we're the personalities behind Brand and Strategic Hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And we got a great show for you today. Really super excited about this guest. But Jimmy, before we jump into it, I have to talk to you about something that is really, I got to get it off my chest. It's something about this digital e-commerce platform. It's called the Branded Marketplace, Jimmy. And it's been bothering me. I was up all night thinking about it. Why am I thinking about it? I was thinking about it because all I want to do is connect all the operators, everyone in hospitality with the best in class tech, innovation, professional services, suppliers. That's all I want to do. I just want everyone to be connected. And I'm thinking to myself, you're a giver, Shatsy. You're yes, a giver. yes, I'm giving. I'm giving. So anybody listening right now, go check out the brandedmarketplace.com. Check out the greatest solutions out there. You will find things you didn't even think you needed. But trust me, you need it. It's tough out there. You got to have a lot of tech to run your operation today. And if you're not on the marketplace, you want to get on the marketplace, just, you know what, shoot me an email at marketplaceofbrandstrategic.com. We'll get you on board. You know why, Jimmy? You know why we're going to onboard you fast? You know why it's really easy, Jimmy? Because it doesn't cost anything. It's free <laughs> to join the marketplace, free to use the marketplace. So, Jimmy, how do we make money with the marketplace, you're asking? Volume. Right. We make it up in volume. <laughs> and, and, and we have over 200 of the best suppliers, best technology solutions on the marketplace. I suspect by the end of the year, Jimmy, we'll have over 1,000 people, 1,000 companies paying us zero. And that's really, I, I think it's terrific. We're super excited about that. So, Jimmy, back to you. In that case, we'll double your pay. You know, Shatz, I think that was one of the most impassioned, uh, certainly self-promotion, but impassioned uh, introductions you did to the marketplace. And I think our guest today inspired you because uh, you, you're talking about, you talk about giving and all of a sudden we're going we're gonna to bring in our guest and people are going to realize that you and I are, uh, you're, we're on the JV team here. But all right, we are very excited uh, for today's episode. Our guest today is our friend, uh, Britt. Rosenheim, partner at Cultera Capital and Better Food Ventures, and the creator of the restaurant tech ecosystem. You want to talk about giving. Uh, the restaurant tech ecosystem is the source, the roadmap for hospitality technology companies. And we can't think of a better guest to kick off season five with than Britta. So Britta, uh, welcome to the podcast, welcome to the Hangout, and we'd like you to take the lead and give a little uh, intro, a little background on yourself and your role at Cultera, please. Wow, what an intro, thank you guys. <laughs> I'm jazzed now too. Um, well, thank you. Yes, I've been focused on uh, you know this entire tech-enabled, uh, food-related, ecosystem for the last decade. Um, so, you know, not just restaurant tech, but also looking at all of the technologies that are shaping the food ecosystem. Um, at Colterra and Better Food Ventures, I am an investor and we also are an advisor. My entire background ahead of investing was uh, was focused on M&A um, and investment banking. And so that's been most of my career has been in finance. 
Um, and I'm just excited that we're finally, you know, have reached uh, extreme critical mass in this sector. And there's, you know, tremendous uh, innovation and excitement about the sector, out, even outside of the technology innovators, um, where historically there's a lot of uh, tech excitement by the innovators and less excitement by <laughs> by the ecosystem. So it's it's finally ba- balancing out, and uh, I'm pretty excited where we are now. Brenna, thanks so much, and that's awesome. And before we take a deeper dive into the 2021 tech ecosystem, which, by the way, I'm thinking if I could do a redesign real quick, I would put your picture in the middle of the, I like to call it the tech wheel. I'd put your picture <laughs> smack in the middle of the tech wheel, and we could talk about that offline. I've got a graphic designer. We could do something really super there. All right. Sure, sure. You can spin my head around. Yeah. <laughs> What he means that he put his picture. Animated. He put his picture in the middle of the uh, picture. Or my picture. Or he my put picture. His picture. If it was his. But we'd like to, before we take a deep dive into the tech ecosystem, the 2021 tech wheel, I like to call it, and 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 how you came up with this whole thing, because it's really awesome. I live by it. We'd like to know a little bit about how did Britta get here? How did how did Britta get to this place? So you were an investment banker at some point. Then all of a sudden right. you're starting to make these tech wheels and you're into food tech yeah. and, and ultimately you're at Colterra Capital. You do so much, you give back so much. Um, tell us a little about your background, how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. So I, as you mentioned, I was an investment banker and I was focused on restaurant, retail, consumer companies. Where were your investment banker? Can you mention that? Because uh, Jimmy was a, a banker, I think. Um, he used to oh, wear sure. a suit to work. Yes, I, I started off at, at Roberts and Stevens, uh, RIP. Uh, and then I was at Cowan, uh, and then I was at Think Equity. Jimmy knows that kind. Of, those are those are things Jimmy knows. Yes. He's finance guy. Yes, yes. I do know that. I do know, <laughs> I know Chase Bank. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let Britta answer the question. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I focused on uh, obviously you kind of mid market uh, consumer companies, and was more interested in the food world. I uh, didn't want to be a chef. And so was trying to figure out, you know, how do I be, how am I, can I be involved in the food world uh, without being an investment banker uh, at the level that I was? And, you know, doing M&A for multi-unit chains was not floating my boat at that time. So I took a step out of uh, banking and I moved to Italy and got a master's in food communication. So basically had a year of, you know, drinking a lot of wine and eating lots of good food, but also getting a master's degree. It was the best decision I ever made. And <laughs> from there, I uh, came to New York and did uh, PR and marketing for a number of years, uh, focusing on consumer brands, chefs, uh, you know, cookbook uh, publishers. And, you know, right, this was kind of uh, 2008, 2009. This was kind of the, the next surge of, um, you know, con- consumer related tech uh, related to food. I just, there were more and more companies, more and more bloggers that were focused on the food ecosystem, the internet, um, consumer internet companies were doing a lot of acquisitions in the restaurant tech space. They were trying to, you know, acquire, uh, engaged users. And I thought, Hmm, this is kind of interesting. Uh, there seems to be movement here. This is, um, a nice mix of my interests. And, um, I'm going to preempt your next question in terms of, uh, how I came up with, uh, these ecosystem maps. I'm the power user for it. So (laughs) that's what I did. I, you know, I put together, I had my Excel map. That's what I did as a banker. You know, uh, I mapped industries and understood industries. And then you call on the companies and learn more about them. And 
Um, and that's what I did. And um, at, at some point, I realized there was enough critical mass that it made sense to, to publish these maps and to share with other people. And, you know, kind of why a wheel? Why not a square? Well, well the squ- it started off as a square. The, we- the wheel came a couple of years ago. So it, it evolved into a wheel. It's a beautiful wheel. I, I think that the wheel. the wheel is more beautiful than the square. But Sh- the square Shachi, allows. Why not a square? Why not a square? When you, when you think about some of the great inventions of all time, is, they usually def- <laughs> is the shape they go to the square? Or maybe another Wasn't shape. Fred Flintstone's car wasn't a square, and then he, then he figured out, put a wheel on it? It didn't move so very I, well. So I started as Fred Flintstone. I started with a square, and then I evolved. <laughs> you see, Jimmy? <laughs> right? Okay. Um, but yeah, so that, you know, I, it's, um, it's been a, a wonderful evolution, as I said in, in the intro, of uh, the, the community and the industry growing. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, over the last year with all of the devastation in the, the restaurant industry, um, you know, the one shining spot was uh, increased adoption and the recognition that, you know, technology and digital infrastructure is is critical to surviving in this new era. And so, um, you know, we're at a really unique moment in time, I think, in terms of adoption. And I'm excited to be here. I, I love that. And um, and by the way, Britta, you and I uh, were at an event recently. Uh, Mark Levitt uh, from Union Square was there. And I think there were a couple other folks. And we all realized at one point or the other, we all had a stint. and all spent some time at Cowan. Uh, so a whole bunch of recover, whole bunch of recovering Wall Streeters, um, but now all in the food uh, tech investment space. Uh, but at that time, all at a, uh, at a financial institution. Um, you know, you talked about um, the wheel. Um, and yeah. Shatsy then chimed in with the square and you've covered it at your aha moment. Um, you know, but, but when did you realize the wheel was not just for your own use um, and your own uh, kind of uh, needs, but something that you could expand upon and, and really take to the market? Yeah, um, about 10 years ago. So I started with a food tech wheel. So that was you know, kind of media, recipes, um, retail tech, as well as restaurant tech. So kind of looking broadly. And, you know, just as I'm sure you're familiar with the Loomiscapes, it, you know, essentially uh, was a food-related uh, Loomiscape, and it's a great marketing tool. So for me, I, again, I'm the power user. I use it every single day um, or almost every single day. I'm like, what's the name of that company? You know, I just, I'm terrible with names, so I, I need it as a resource. But it also helps me kind of think about, you know, my lens here, I'll take a step back, the lens with the map, is you know through an investor's lens uh, as well as an operator's lens, and so um, in terms of you know, kind of how I think about you know who who do, who makes the cut for the map, you know it's who's where do I think consolidation is going to happen? So for me, I'm I'm mm-hmm. kind of marking the territory for myself as uh, an advisor and an investor of, in terms of where where do I think the the movement is going to happen? And so um, oftentimes there's a, you know there's a heavier lean towards, you know, VC funded companies on the map uh, versus uh, bootstrapped or mm-hmm. you know, kind of legacy companies. You know, it's, it's funny, Britta. I, I say, you know, my wife can't wait for the Oscars, the Emmys. I mean, she can't <laughs> wait for all that stuff to come out each year when the nominations come out, all that kind of stuff. Me as a restaurant guy, I mean, I, I used to love when Zagat would come out. It used to come out early September every year. I run to Barnes and Noble. I get the Zagat and make sure our restaurants got in and and what was our score? You know, we get over a twenty. You know, it was a really exciting time. And <laughs> and, and I think you know, and I and I, you know, Zagat's isn't really the Zagat's we we know. So I don't run over there and grab that anymore. I don't know if they make it anymore. But now, I mean, I can't wait 
for the 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 roadmap, the whole wheel to come out. I, I every year I love, I can't wait for it to come out. So I know you were touching about this a little bit, uh, but how does yeah. a company make the list? And can you talk a little bit through your selection process? Sure because thing. I know there's a lot of people out there, kind of like how you ran and got Zagats. You're like, I can't believe I'm not in Zagats. Or my <laughs> score 19. Are they crazy? Well, like, boy, they're crazy. How do you get on the how do you get on the map? <laughs> it's a good question. Um, in you know, for me, it's actually like I said, it's a great marketing tool. So if there are folks that were not on my radar. Uh, they get on my radar pretty quickly once the map comes out because I usually get an inbound. Um, so it saves me a little bit <laughs> get of some nasty, Get some yeah. nasty tweets or something? No, luckily, luckily, uh, generally it's, uh, there, you know, maybe there's some some curtness, but generally is friendly. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, but but in terms, no, but you're right. I mean, so everybody wants to be on the map. And, and like I was saying, you know, there, there's a specific lens towards the restaurant tech map. And that's, you know, how you know, is there enough critical mass, um, you know, kind of, and it's, there's a U.S. focus, right? So there, that's the, the first cutoff is, um, do you have significant operations in the U.S.? Um, but also, you know, are, do you have enough critical mass with your own business as, as a tech company that I, you know, we feel comfortable including you so that um, we can, you know, rec- essentially it's a recommendation, um, you know, for operators to, to look at your services. So, um, you know, for that reason, we're not using, we're not adding, you know, early stage startups that have, uh, you know, a, a demo out and, and don't have, um, you know, multi-unit um, operators, you know, testing out and, and continuing to sign up for their services. So, uh, so that's kind of the first cutoff. Um, and then, yeah, we're looking at, you know, kind of where's the momentum. So we're trying with the map, we're trying to show, you know, year after year where the momentum is heading. Um, and so for that reason, you know, we have kind of a mix of legacy and incumbents as well as early stage teams and everything in between, uh, there, you know, historically there hasn't been a lot of everything in between. It's been, you know, generally, you know, the incumbents versus the startups, but we finally are, you know, have hit the growth stage of, of this category and, and we have a little bit more in between and a lot more companies going public and, and finding exits. So, um, I think, you know, that, um, I think that the growth of the industry and growth of the different categories, um, you know, shifts year to year. And so, you know, kind of every year we have to, I have to take my, take a step back and kind of recognize, uh, does it, you know, like for example, uh, the, the first slice of the wheel, um, is search and discovery, right? That, that used to be a comp- that, that used to be a slice with, I don't know, 50 companies in it, right? Everybody wanted to tell you how to pick where you're going to eat and personalized recommendations and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, now it's really just Google. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, and yeah, yes, there's a couple of other folks out there, but basically Google's the That Google's going to be some company one day, Britta. You, you mark my words. <laughs> one of these hear, days. You, you heard it here first in the hangout. I'm going to buy that stock one of these days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Google, so, so big breaking news, Michael Schatzberg, a.k.a. the restaurant guy, feels Google. And Facebook, I think, is going to be big, chance. too. <laughs> and Facebook. I'm going to go with Amazon. Okay, listen. Um, by the way, Brandon was thrilled uh, the, the that we were able to contribute or at least or help a, a little bit in the selection process uh, of, of the map. And, um, oh, absolutely. And um, I believe our finance team will be sending you our invoice. Um, um, but 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 all kidding aside, uh, <laughs> over the last uh, over the last 18 months, we've seen. Uh, and you've been highlighting this uh, just previously, the rise of tech. 
um, and the adoption and the embracement of tech. And we're thrilled to see this industry catching up with what um, we've witnessed technology do for, do with, and even how it's disrupted other industries. Um, now, no matter where you look, uh, you're seeing tech found in every area imaginable when it comes to hospitality, front of house, back of house, even free outside the freaking house. Um, can you let us know what, if any, new categories have come about um, in, in your roadmap and kind of on your radar from the pandemic uh, that are new for 2021? Yeah. So there was one new category on the map, which is food safety and quality, which, uh, you know, historically had been part of operations, but we'd seen enough uh, movement on the, on the, on dedicated companies focused digitally enabled companies in this category to, to carve it out as um, a recognition that this is a category we think is going to grow. But broadly, I, you know, I'd say most of the pandemic trends are more of the same, right? It's, it's not, you know, completely new innovations. There are obviously a handful of new innovations there, but broadly it's like, okay, we've had this tech, we've built this tech, we've wanted the operators to use this tech and guess what? Now they are. So I, I think that's the, the biggest shift is really adoption versus, you know, full on new technologies. There's obviously been, you know, adaptions of existing technologies in order to, um, you know, reduce contact with um, customers, et cetera, et cetera, and obviously facilitate online orders and delivery, et cetera. But uh, in terms of, you know, brand new technology, I think um, most of the impactful shifts over this last year have just been, you know, operators prioritizing technology. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, you know, food safety. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, just embracing some of the tech that's already been out there, but uh, and and now you know scaling up yeah. for a lot of operators like online ordering wasn't a right. thing for them for you know myri a myriad of right. reasons. Um, one area I'd like to talk about that we hear it's a big buzzword and we brought it on the podcast many times and get your thoughts on it is this the ghost cloud virtual kitchen you know everyone uses a different name for it. Uh, dark. It's, we've seen an incredible <laughs> dark. Dark, dark, dark kitchen, scary. <laughs> No one, no one calls it a scary kitchen. They call it dark kitchen. <laughs> I heard scary kitchen, Jimmy. I heard that. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it's it look, it was here before the you know, before the pandemic. We certainly saw a lot of that going on, but clearly it's it's really taken off now. Uh, we see a lot of people feel it's a real estate play. A lot of the folks in the space are real estate people. Mm -hmm. Uh they're they're taking and repurposing real estate. Uh, for, for kitchens, et cetera. But tech is going to play a major role in this category, no matter what. Um, a question to you is, A, is this a long-term play or is this just, you know, 15 minutes of fame and that's the end of uh, this whole thing? Or is this a long-term play? Is this a new kind of um, uh, stream for operators? Is this something new we're going to see? And and what are your thoughts on, on, on the ghost kitchen space? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's here to stay, but in its current form, likely not. I, I liken it to, to the you know, meal kit space, right? Mm -hmm. Meal kits are here to stay, but do we need, uh, you know, 65 different meal kits that are all losing money? I've tried them no all, by the way. <laughs> I, I also have. Sadly. They always give me like, it's always 50 <laughs> off to try one, right? I know, I know. <laughs> Um, and my wife is like, please, can we not do any more meal kits? She doesn't you have to try them all, especially yeah, when they yeah. use you for free. Yes, exactly. But I do. I think it's similar to that where it's a new concept um, and it is disrupting, you know, the way things are, are done. Uh, it's shifting people's minds about how operations can be managed. Um, but it still needs to figure out the right business model and the right user. 
And so I think I think for multi-unit operators, uh, it makes a lot of sense to add capacity. I think for operators who um, are starting off and, and creating concepts um, and are leveraging ghost kitchens as a tool, and that's how they're they're um, that's how they're building their business. Uh, you know, TBD on if that works, but that at this point seems like that makes sense. Um, but you know, the local restaurants, you know, a couple of units here and there, I don't, I don't think it makes sense for them to leverage. Um, so I think it's going to shake out in terms of, uh, you know, and I do think it, you know, it has the potential to give an unfair advantage to multi-unit operators. So, um, you know, a lot of the tech right now and a lot of the, it's a different topic, but, um, a lot of the, the funding or, you know, stimulus funding after uh, the pandemic has gone, has been unfairly uh, handed to, you know, large multi-unit operators. And so there's a lot of those guys with a lot of cash. I in think that's a conversation pocket. for an entire yeah. another podcast. <laughs> it's, a totally different, it's a different topic, but, but it also has yeah. to do with tech, right? Because um, yeah, you, know, no, there, there you have, you have, you know, well-funded um, operators who now have all the tools and a lot of the local operators don't. So, um, I, I, and ghost kitchens are, are part of that. Um, do ghost kitchens make sense for, for most restaurant operators? Probably not, but absolutely there's a place for them. And I do think that they're here to stay. You know, I, I appreciate you sharing some of your thoughts, um, and insights around the ghost kitchen space, uh, as a fellow investor, um, I, I, I feel I must, uh, chime in and, and with a, with a very thoughtful, um, uh, and, and well-articulated message of, Ditto. Okay, now moving on. Yes, <laughs> yes. Ditto. Um, we agree with you uh, on that topic. More to come as we go through. Uh, uh, you'll hear more about our opinion on that later. Uh, not in this show. Not the time. <laughs> All right. We discussed. I brought up what um, categories or what category was the new kid on the block, and you talked about food safety. Right. Um, what if any categories, um, you know, on the flip side, are losing steam? Um, you know, which slices of your uh, wheel are getting smaller? Jimmy, are you and- trying to get Britt in trouble? Are you trying to get her nasty emails and tweets? I, uh, I appreciate it. question. Well, well, you know what? No. Which ones are so critically important, but maybe just getting a little bit smaller on the uh, on the map? What do you, anything, anything, anything? Well, it's it's not that it's becoming less important, but as I mentioned, search and discovery, right? That's just a tiny slice now because it's basically Google. So same thing with reservations and event management. You know, those are it's another category where there's been a ton of consolidation, mm-hmm. um, and there's you know there's a couple of of leaders, and it's you know that it's probably not going to innovate more in the near term. Um, so I'd say those are the you know it's and it's funny because. Honestly, three or four years ago, those were the, or maybe five years ago, I'll say those would, were one of the largest categories, you know, and that's where everybody was innovating and everybody was thinking about the consumer experience. And, and now I'd say most of the efforts have turned towards optimizing back of house uh, versus the front of house. Shatsy, see what British is in there? She took what you thought was going to be a negative of who's losing steam and said, no, these guys are so good. You don't need much space because there's a monopoly or a few dominant players. And that's why they got smaller. She turned a negative into a very big positive. What do I think is going to be the next shrinking category? I think marketing analytics and CRM uh, is definitely ripe for consolidation. Um, as well as, you know, kind of the white label ordering and delivery platform. So tremendous uh, companies in that category. Um, I, I think a lot of them are very strong, but do we need that many companies in each category? Um, I think that there's going to be some consolidation there, especially now that we have a lot more 
publicly uh, funded uh, companies that have acquisition capital in, in terms of uh, in terms of their publicly traded stock. Uh, Jimmy, I know I, I know next year who we're having on again, and we're going to go <laughs> through all this. Yeah, I loved it. We heard about what's what's new. We heard about what's uh, co- you know what's consolidating, and she even gave us the predictive. Here's what's going to happen next year. Here's what's going to get a little bit smaller uh, for some very positive reasons. You know, M and A activity consolidation, uh, dominant players, etc. L- let's talk about robotics and AI for a moment, please. Sure. Um, Brandon thinks it's a fascinating area, um, and we continue to see and hear about the prototypes. Um, the restaurants that have incorporated robotics is, I think, admittedly somewhat few and far between. Um, so a lot of talk, uh, a lot of promise. So far, not a lot of implementation. Your thoughts on all this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think workforce challenges incredibly difficult right now, um, and so – that is why everybody's talking about it because they're, you know, how do we do more with less? Um, you know, I, from my personal opinion is that there are certain places where it does make sense to implement robotics. Um, you know, Sweetgreen just acquired Spice. You know, there's a number mm-hmm. of, um, you know, DoorDash acquired Chowbotics. You know, there's 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 definitely room for you know, robotics and, and automation in specific tasks. Um, but I think the most exciting component of you know the robotics AI category is the automation category and that's not uh, definitively uh, robotics and hardware but uh, you know vision systems voice systems um, you know helping you know kind of integrating into uh, the back of house and helping quality control speed um, you know man, uh, employee training um, I think there's a lot of opportunities there. Um, and again, we're still, it's a nice to have, not a need to have uh, at this moment. And so people aren't just in the same way that um, people thought having a website with a mobile menu was a nice to have, not a need to have two years ago. Now it's a need <laughs> to have. Um, and so I do think we're, we're evolving there, but um but, you know, yeah, uh, you know, the footprint, the CapEx requirements. So robotic hosts, you're not you're like that's not happening anytime and, soon. Well, robotic. you know, yeah, I mean, people are doing it, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's I, called I, a big it, kiosk. <laughs> is it, is it going to be widespread? I mean, it's, it's it has to be the right right time in the right place. Um, but, yeah. you know, also, I'd say the business model um, is off for a number of these robotics companies that I, I've talked to. So, you know, I ask, how are you charging here? How are you thinking about? Uh, charging and they're like, uh, percentage of sales or, you know, yeah. that doesn't work. Like I didn't, you know, that seems to be the obvious is, 30% of delivery. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that does, that's not why people are going to, people are not going to sign up for a, a percentage of sales. Um, so, you know, you have to figure out what, how, how are you, you know, directly reducing costs. And so um, that might be a more nuanced approach towards, um, towards pricing um, it, with, with individual, operators. But anyway, I, it's, it's absolutely continuing to grow. And I think it's a relevant category. Um, again, in, similar to ghost kitchens, there's, you know, there's some operators that it makes a lot more sense to, to leverage, but the average restaurant operator is not going to be bringing robotics in likely. Yeah, make, makes a lot of sense. All right. Last category we're going to touch is HR and staffing. We talked a little bit about it. It dovetails into automation a little bit, yep. but I'm talking about you know, I've been using Craigslist in the restaurant business for, you know, I mean, I used to put ads in the New York Times. 
you know, classified. He used to pay by line or by word. I forget, but it was really expensive to put an ad in there. The Sunday Times. Jimmy, remember the Sunday Times? Oh, beautiful. Love that. I mean, love that paper. Hung I mean, over, hung over, reading the paper. Oh, sorry. That's, that's not what you were talking about. Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> but, I mean, I used Craigslist. I used Harry for years. I still use Harry, you know, to 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 search and discover for mm-hmm. So human capital, it's 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 still a bit. It's always been a problem in our industry, yeah. and I guess it's now it's in the spotlight now because a lot of people are having a hard time hiring and staffing for a myriad of reasons. Um, there's a lot of companies out there doing some incredible work uh, in hiring, training, and now we see motivating. It's so it's not enough just to say, "Hey, Jimmy, I'm going to pay you," you know. $20 an hour to come to work. Now I got to be like, I got you to come to work, but now I got to reward you for actually doing your job. So where do you see this category going? What's going on in there? And uh, how do you see this category in in the wheel? Is this getting bigger yeah. or smaller or are we getting rid of it altogether? No more people, just robots. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Never liked people. You know, I think... On the hiring side, so I do see these as different categories, right? So hiring is one aspect. And then the training and the motivating staff, those are, you know, separate and related. Um, I think on the hiring side, we're going to see consolidation. Um, And we've seen it, um, but I think we're going to continue to see the hiring side um, consolidating. But, you know, training and motivating staff, to your point, is is are relatively new categories. And you, and it's not about training and motivating as a new category broadly, but it, digitally enabled platforms that are helping you train your staff and motivate your staff. There were many companies um, between the last, you know, five years ago plus that were creatively trying to, you know, add um, game theory, et cetera, into uh, incentivizing hospitality workers. And, it, it just was very challenging. Uh, there wasn't, it was, uh, again, it was on the nice to have, not the need to have. And, you know, depending on what game theory you're <laughs> implementing, you know, sometimes didn't work out the way that, that people hoped it did. So there, there was a surge of, of this category, you know, a while ago. And, and I do, I do see why it's coming back. Um, I also, you know, most, uh, or all I'd say probably, uh, restaurant workers are now mobile enabled. And so, there's this kind of new surge of, you know, learning on your own time, learning on your own mobile device, um, motivating or, you know, kind of checklists, et cetera, um, you know, all through your own mobile device. And I think that's the kind of the shift uh, in behavior that's kind of paved the way towards this new category. I, I, it's not, I think it's still a, a nascent category compared to the other categories, but uh, I expect that to continue to grow for sure on the training motivating side hiring it's always going to be a problem but you know do we really need as many platforms as we have out there probably not excellent 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 okay i want to move us into one of our favorite sections no more categories jimmy nothing more no, than not, no i'm just saying it's not that we covered i think we covered the wheel take a little bit a little I bit covered it yeah um it's this, this next section is not the best section shatsy will tell you in a moment what's the best section of the podcast but Thank this you. is a section we do really enjoy because while shatsy and i started the podcast because we like talking to people and we like bringing on guests and talking to our our audience about the things going on in the industry we learned along the way that our guests sometimes have questions for us. So uh, the section's talking back, uh, where we uh, afford our guests the opportunity to ask us anything. And I like to say nothing is off the table. Keep it clean, though. It's a, you know, PG-13 show. Uh, but uh, Britta, what do you have for us? Microphone is yours. Thank you. 
Well, I'd like to take you up on uh, your offer to talk more about ghost kitchens. Who, who made an offer to talk about ghost kitchens? He saw it. We can talk about it more later. Talk about it more. No, but I really no. Look, I mean, I have my perspective. I try to talk to as many operators as possible. But you know, given that you're not in the you know significant multi-unit operator uh, seat. How how do you guys think about ghost kitchens? Is it something that you would ever use? Is it in? Are there versions of it? Like what, just as an operator, um, wearing your operator hat, not your investor hat, do you see upside? I'd love to understand how you think about this sector. Yeah, no, it's 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 a great question. And uh, see how fast he I... jumped in. See how fast he jumped in. There. He's like, oh, me, I'm on operator. I'm in. Go ahead, Chatty. I'm gonna. I always take the. I I lead by answer first, and then you jump in and you answer so much better. So I'm yeah. gonna jump in first, and I'll let okay. you you know finish up. But you know, we've checked it out, and for us and. Um, um, in the finer dining space, I think it, it's definitely challenging um, for a, a lot of reasons. Like you're putting out this kind of food, the chef, and and to you know the capacity of the kitchen on a Saturday night, we really don't have a lot of excess capacity. And um, but I look at like you brought up some of the multi-unit operators that are currently out there with a thousand stores or five hundred stores. I look at the um, the the Brinkers where they've got, uh, you know, 1,400 uh, chilies and, uh, and they launch a wing concept out of their 1,400 stores. That, you know, they're already doing, they know what they're doing. They're making food. They took one category, wings, maybe tenders, I don't know, but let's say wings and tenders. And they launched this, you know, with a few sauces. Everyone loves wings and tenders. It's really easy to, to, to get, uh, um, to do, so to speak. And super successful. I think they will come in at like something like $250 million in sales. And I think you're spot on when you can scale it up and, and bring it to 15, 20, 30, 100 stores, it makes some sense. If it's, you know, I have a store and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do another ghost kitchen. I don't know if the revenue is enough to move the needle for you. And it seems like it's an awful lot of work. And the other thing I'll say is when talking to some people about it, it seems like you know, a lot of people in technology are going into ghost kitchens and saying it's a technology play. And I don't see it. I think they need technology. But at the end of the day, it's a franchise play. You're building a brand. You come up with recipes and you're telling somebody, pay me a percentage of your sales and I'll give you the recipe and show you how to do it. And it's a, it's a big challenge. It's not easy. And, and uh, so I think it's going to be a lot of challenges in the space. Uh, I agree with you, though. I don't think it's going away. I think there's going to be uh, you brought up the. Um, the, the meal kits. And I think it's just like that. I think there's going to be some winners and there's going to be some winners in this space. I think ultimately I see the current multi-unit operators that are already in the business. They will come up with a couple of brands. I think, uh, Jimmy, it's, uh, isn't, um, who we talked to that does the, the green, uh, pepper. What's the, the guys that do that? Uh, green burrito, red burrito, our yeah, friends right. over at um, a CKE, our Carl's right, CKE and Hardy's. Right, green burrito, and Hardy's. Yeah. right. So in their stores, they've had a virtual brand for quite some time. Uh, and I think so operators that already know what they're doing, have recipes, have culinary teams. I think it's easier for them to say, hey, I have excess capacity. I'm going to do a wing brand. I'm going to do a, a burger brand out of their current. And, and I think they'll have a lot of success. Uh, that's the way I see it. Jimmy? No, I, Shaz, I can tell you, I think your answer was really, really strong. And I don't think it's even possible for add anything to it. What? What? But I'm going to try. Yeah, um, I know you would. No, actually, I'm not going to touch on the operator side because I think you've nailed it. Um, I've been surprised how many people are going into the ghost kitchen space 
um, thinking it's somehow divorced from operating restaurants and um, there's no quick fix. Um, and while I know you asked about the operator side, I will just say the following from an investment perspective, and we've taken no position in a, in a ghost kitchen um, uh, from an investment standpoint. We have, however, um, drawn the analogy of this being a gold rush. And we think a lot of money is going to be made and lost in the space. And we've taken a view that there are picks and shovels uh, and technology that is going to cater to that sec segment of the market. And we, we believe um, that is proving to be very effective for us. You know, we have a theory that by the end of the decade, 50% of restaurants are going to be um, venues that the guests, restaurants that the guests never walks into. So whether that's through delivery, pickup, or the ghost kitchen market, we think the off-premise space is critical. And how are, uh, how's the industry going to embrace uh, a guest? How are they going to be hospitable with a guest that they never meet in person? No matter how good your host or hostess or servers or bartenders or managers, you're not going to meet these people. So the digital tech stack, um, the, the customer engagement stack, we think is critically critically important. Um, so we're not betting on a uh, any winners in the ghost kitchen space. We are betting on, on tech companies that are going to allow uh, those uh, types of venues to be successful. So that's how we're playing it. All right. Um, I dug it. Shatsy, um, um, are we up to your your fantastic section? Or oh, we're not there yet. No, okay. no, Jimmy, it's crystal ball moment. <laughs> Go, Jimbo! All right, we uh, we're going with the uh, crystal ball moment, an opportunity where you can put on your Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future. How do you see uh, restaurants, Britta, and dining two years from now in relation to the hospitality uh, and tech scene? Well, you set me up really well with with the end of your your last answer. Because... It's what we do here at the podcast. We want everyone to look great. <laughs> well, it, it was perfect because I totally agree on the off-premise lens. Um, and so I think digital loyalty is really one of the last avenues for operators to actually own their own customer. Um, you know, like to your point, you're, you, you can't have a, a physical in-person relationship. Then how do you manage uh, that relationship with your customer? So, and how do you have a strong digital loyalty platform? You have to have a strong omni-channel uh, ordering and delivery platform and get that first-party data, so you can actually um, have you can actually manipulate the data in, in a um, in a way that you can create meaningful relationships with your customers, talk to them, upsell them, um, and uh, continue to engage them uh, through your own channels. So, I think that that is critical. Um, that's still on the nice to have list, I think, for many operators right now, and it needs to be a need to have. Um, so that's where I'll pound the table on that one. Um, pound to the I table. The other, the We're other... just pounding the table. <laughs> Customer engagement. We, I got to tell you, you are so in sync. I couldn't agree with you more. You got to be able to talk to your customers. <laughs> yeah, I think. And so just with that continued growth of off premise, I think, again, echoing what you said, I think there's going to be even more blurring of lines between what even a restaurant is, right? Is restaurant meal, is it prepared from a grocer, from a meal provider, from a retailer, from a delivery operator themselves? Where's this food coming from? Um, I do think trust um, is going to become an issue because, you know, you go on uh, any of, you know, the third party uh, market. Yeah, are they making now. that soup in the bathtub of their house? Right. No, sincerely. <laughs> like, I, I look, I'm like, okay, this is a new restaurant that just popped up. Is there really a new restaurant or is, I have to look, I look at the address, you know, I'm the psycho who, you know, 
puts the address in and says, is there another restaurant here? Like, are you trying to trick me? You know, what you is going go on here? you got to go to Google Maps and see it. I you know. look well, at it. It's like, yeah, it's an I order know. body shop. Exactly. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> but they make a killer ramen. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah no, you I mean, bring so, a card, you get an oil change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, it's funny you say that because I remember when uh, when the marketplace, the delivery marketplace is kind of like we're yeah. in the infancy stages. You couldn't just you couldn't just put Jimmy's Cafe on. They had you had to prove, and you ha- and they would go and validate were you really a restaurant because they didn't want people yeah. cooking out of their kitchen or their house. So you bring up a really good point. I don't think they vet them anymore. Well, either they don't vet them or they're virtual brands by the de- delivery operators themselves, you know, and so mm-hmm. they have a vested interest in supporting these, you know, virtual brands, which may or may not, you know, they're like, oh, Philly's best. Uh, Philly cheesesteak or something, you know, they're all, okay, is it, yeah. is it, I don't know. Um, you know, they have all these stock images of, of food. So I do think, you know, maybe the next level, maybe the, the new generation of um, search and discovery uh, will come back to trust and verification. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I gotta say, you're speaking Jimmy's language. He loves trust and verification, <laughs> gratings and all these kind of things for sure. But I'm going to stick to making sure that I drive by the restaurant and see a place before I order from that's just me. <laughs> but uh, all right, listen, we talked about the best segment of the whole podcast. I think uh, anyone who listens to the podcast undoubtedly hands down agrees that the branded quick fire is the best. It's the most entertaining uh, everyone loves it. I'm going to ask you, Britta, five lightning round questions. Don't think too hard. All right. First answer that comes to your mind, I want you to go with. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Beach or pool? Beach. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Probably leftovers and some type of nicks from the refrigerator for my children. I don't know. Delicious, Nothing exciting. Delicious. Cold mac and cheese <laughs> or, gr- or cold grilled cheese sandwich. A week, weeknight, boring dinner. Not a meal <laughs> kit, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Favorite food city in the world? Bangkok. Ooh. Didn't see that coming, Jimbo. But she's not the first person to pick, it's because, a pick Thailand, not the first. Because I'm right. <laughs> Favorite place. Favorite place to travel? And it's Thailand. Hmm. We're going to have to get into this on the next podcast, Jimmy. There's something going on here. (laughs) All right. If you were to partner with Jimmy or I for a karaoke duo or duet, who would you choose to sing with? Just that was me, by the way. Who would you choose to sing with? I'm going to go Shatsy for Here I Go Again, White Snake. There we go. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. I got to tell you, the executive producing team loves me now, man. They love me now. Shatsy's back. I got to tell you, ever since we've wrapped up season four, uh, I think this fifth question is loaded, but I also want to be very, uh, I want to be brutally honest and say the guests have chosen wisely the last few times. No question. Uh, Shatsy was the right choice for karaoke partner. Uh, the best I could do is is a Neil Diamond song of Sweet Caroline for the sole purpose of getting the oh, crowd Jimmy, to join Oh, Jimmy, come in. on. Don't lie. Who sings Barry Manilow? At the Copa. Copa I, love all, I, love all, I, I love all the Barrys. Barry Manilow, Barry White. All right. Listen, Britta, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the podcast and for sharing all your great insights uh, with our guests. Uh, we appreciate you truly, and I think our audience should know that uh, by how much we had fun and talking about the wheel and the map, but how much hard work we know you do for the industry, uh, not just during this challenging time, but but always. Um, if you want to get in touch with Britta directly, uh, you can email us at podcast at Strategic 
Facebook.com, and we'd be I happy. I don't understand why we're not giving out cell phones, Jimmy. I've got Britta's cell phone right here. You know, season That's the one, best way. Yes. People can text her and call yeah. her, no? Yeah, season one, we, we, we learned it was frowned upon in it. this establishment to give uh, out cell phones. Um, and by the way, you know, just real quick, the audience should know that that we basically guilted Britta into doing this because the, the first time we met her, um, she picked the spot, and we were sitting there, sitting there, and it was like a, it was like a, a bad first date. It's like we're just waiting and waiting. Like, Terrible first date. British showing up, and then we heard about all this train traffic and all the congestion and all of the traffic in Manhattan. And then we realized she picked the place across the street from where she was. So none of the train traffic or congestion mattered. She just kind of forgot about us. But anyway, we, we made her feel bad. We guilted her. Here she is with the podcast. Uh, now, good for us, Jimmy, because we got Brit on the podcast. It worked out fantastic. The anticipation but, was was monumental by the time I arrived. So exactly. Like, by the way, like, what, 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 what did we have an hour? We had an hour to kill. What else were we going to do? We were sitting there having coffee. Okay. And listen, to our listeners, um, we really do appreciate uh, you tuning in with us. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we love that our community is growing. Uh, the word keeps uh, uh, getting passed along, and more and more people are joining us every week. Please join us next week when we have our good friend, Carissa DeSantis, the Chief Information Officer at Dickie's Barbecue. Yes, Carissa is going to join us from Dickie's, and we can't wait to have her on the show. Hey, that's going to be a good one, Jimmy. Oh, big, big, good, yes. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any exciting guests we'll have coming up in the future. And Jimmy, don't forget about the special gift that oh, we have. Oh, special gift. Go ahead, Shatsy. We have a special offer. And I'll get offer. your personal credit card ready. Britta has agreed. You know the famous, the famous restaurant tech ecosystem that Britta designs and, and puts out each year. For the first 100 callers or emails, Britta has been so generous. She will sign, that's right, a signed autograph, <laughs> framed, signed piece of the 2021 Restaurant Tech Ecosystem. This is a limited edition. This will be, you will get either one to 100 signed by Britta, sent to your house. And I think that is really, really wonderful. So I think that's a nice offer. Thank you, Britta, for that. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm going to let that one stand. And if anyone knows uh, Shatsy and, and, and the Big Daddies and the Dukes community, you'll really understand when Shatsy says signing autograph, you'll uh, you'll know what he means. Anyway. Oh, um, I could do a Britta, no problem, Jimmy. Shatsy <laughs> could sign a Britta. All right. Listen, Britta, we really do appreciate you. Uh, you're joining us for the podcast. Um, and uh, we can't wait to be out and about with you at the different industry events. And thank you for all you're doing for being with us. So this is Jimmy Frishing, your finance guy, signing off and passing it to my boy Shatsy. Thank you, Shatsy, a.k.a. The Restaurant Guy, Hospitality Hangout, Britta, fantastic guest. Love what you do. Thank you so much. Cheers, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Cheers and thank you.